Hi, this is Terrell Somerville, the lead pastor of Freedom Church. Welcome to our podcast. We hope you enjoy the message today and that you'd also take time to get plugged in to your local church. We believe you can't do life alone, so we learn to do life together. I also want to thank our givers who make this podcast possible. If you are blessed by this ministry, please consider subscribing, giving, and sharing this with your friends and family. God bless you. You guys are more excited. You must have got more sleep and more caffeine. That's cool. That's cool. Hey, so glad you're here today. Thank you for coming to Freedom Church. If you have came back today or you've came for the first time today, thanks for coming. We've been doing a series of of messages called Authority. Before I jump in, I want to make sure that you understand that the rain is gone and it's out of here. We are going to lock four. And I know that there's a huge amount of people going to be baptized today. So you do not want to miss that. Last count I got was like 36 people going to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Is that amazing or what? So with that being said, we want to invite every one of you out there. Just bring a chair with you. We're going to have the Kona Ice. Is that going to be out there? Go get you some lunch just from two to four. The band, our own worship team, give them some love back there and let them know that you're going to listen to them. Yes, yes. So they're going to be out there paying most of all the baptisms take place. So looking forward to seeing you guys out there. And uh, so I'm very excited about that. So in this series called Authority, been talking a lot about God's authority, God's word, and been going through that and breaking down different weeks. And uh, of course, in the illustration, I've been talking about how that really what it boils down to is that you're to get under the authority of God. But a lot of times, instead of people living here under the authority of God with yourself, your family, your kids, your business, your career, a lot of people are living out here. And when you live out here, uh, away from God's authority, and you do life the way you want to do life, you get pelted by problems and you get drenched with dysfunction that wasn't really meant for you. God wants you to live here. And uh, because what God wants to do in your life, God wants to know that when you get under what God has put over you, you can get over what God has put under you. Does that make sense? Say yes. So with that being said today, um, we're going to get under the authority of God and we're going to talk about God's word and we're going to go a little bit further about what it can do to literally change our lives. So you've heard me say in this series, information minus application equals abomination. The word abomination really is a stench in God's nostrils. That's what makes God sick. And God has given you and I the opportunity that we can be changed through his son Christ and through his word. And it's amazing what God can do with that. But here's what I want you to get today is that information plus application equals transformation. And that's where God wants to take every one of us is in that transformation. Now, let me ask this question. When you think about being transformed, how many of you here have watched the movie Transformers or any of the series of movies? Really cool movies. My favorite one in it is Bumblebee. In the first movie of Bumblebee, uh, of course, uh, he he goes to get the car. His dad's going to buy him a car. And they see the first Camaro there. And this funny salesman, he's trying. He told him, well, I'll give you $4,000 for that car. No, no, no. He tries to guide him to something else. It ends up, Bumblebee performs this deal and blows all the windows out of all the cars on his car lot. And this guy's freaking out and thinking some kind of omens hit him. So he lets him buy Bumblebee for $4,000. And then we know in a series of movies that Bumblebee gets upgraded. And, uh, and we know he upgrades because the girl kind of makes fun of his old Camaro. Next thing you know, he comes back in a nice new one. But what's really cool about Bumblebee is that Bumblebee might look like this, but all of a sudden he looks like this. 
I mean, he just transforms into a power house. And that's what I love about that. So here's the difference in Bumblebee and me and you being transformed by the power of God is that Bumblebee can transform in a split second. Transformation for me and you is a lifelong process, applying God's word to our life and living in the leadership of the Holy Spirit. But here's what I want to ask you today, and I, and, and I know you would not be here uh, if this were not true. When you think about spiritual transformation, it really isn't immediate. It isn't immediate, but it's a lifelong pro- process. However, the results changes everything about you and your life. How many of you here would truly like to be a transformed powerhouse for God? Raise your hand. Say, I want to be a transformed. Okay, if you will take what I'm going to talk about today the information, and you make application, you can be a real transformer powerhouse for Almighty God. It's all about surrendering to God's authority. Now, when you think about authority, there is a lot of authority. And this week, past week, I got pulled over by the authorities. So I'm going to confess before God, I already have, and I'm going to confess before my church family that I got pulled over by the authorities. Now, you know, I can make excuses and I can make explanations, but I'm just going to tell you what it was. Uh, Shannon and I swapped vehicles. Well, my Bluetooth works with my truck with my phone. Her Bluetooth works with her SUV and her phone, but we don't have them where both of them are on there. So we swapped vehicles. And uh, I'm driving her SUV, and I just passed this off for an officer here in Galton, and he's sitting over here at Galton PD, and he's on a motorcycle, and I passed him, didn't think nothing about it, and I'm just talking away on the phone, you know. I think I had it up like this with the own speaker. But anyway, next thing I know, he's behind me with blue lights. And I thought, what's he pulling me over for? I ain't done nothing wrong. You know, how I many of you ever think like that? You didn't do nothing wrong. I ain't, why are you pulling me over? I ain't done nothing wrong. But anyway, so when he pulled up, you know what I told him? Nothing, because the Holy Spirit had to kick in or I'd have been in full-blown disobedience, right? So he pulls in, I pull into Wendy's and he pulls up beside me on the bike and I rub my window down. He said, do you know why I pulled you over? And I thought to myself, no, but I'm sure you're going to tell me, okay? So he proceeded to tell me, you were talking on the phone. And it hit me, oh no, hands-free Tennessee, hands-free Tennessee, <laughs> right? So I thought, oh my God, this is crazy. And then I, I proceeded to tell him, I said, officer, I said, I'm, I, yes, I did it. I said, this is my wife's SUV. I said, my phone is not connected to her Bluetooth and she's in my truck. And I'm thinking, oh my Lord, I hope she don't get seen either. But anyway. Um, so I explained the situation to him and I told him I apologize. It won't happen again. He said, make sure it don't because next time I'll give you a ticket. And I said, yes, I didn't get a ticket. So that was pretty cool. But so many times when it comes to either authority such as law officers or the authority of God, we as human nature people tend to rebel automatically before we let the Holy Spirit take over in our life. Are you following me? Say yes. And that's the battle between how Jesus uh, was here and he faced all the different things that you and I face, yet he never sinned. You know, the lust of eyes, the lust of flesh, and the pride of life, Jesus faced that. Or we can follow the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus, perfect man of God, that never sinned whatsoever became sin for us. But for us, we need the Holy Spirit of God that we don't become disobedient people. And um, how many of you agree with me today when it comes to surrendering 
for the transformation. How many of you agree with me that God is a God that's worth surrendering to? Would you raise your hand? Yes, that's all of us here today. His ways, his love, his purpose, his blessings, his joy, and his authority. Now, it reminds me of a prayer growing up. I always loved praying those prayers when I grew up. But how many of you prayed this prayer? God is great. God is good. Let us for our food. By his we must be fed. Give us, Lord, our daily bread. But have you really ever thought about that? God is great. And God is good. God is great. God is good. God is great. Because God's got an amazing plan that's greater than we can ever imagine. God has the power that's greater than we can ever imagine. God is one who in his almighty plan, he is so great in every facet of who he is. Yet you and I, let's be honest, are not great. Look at the person next to you and say, you're not great. Now, looking back at them, say, you ain't either, you know, we're not. In the eyes of God, we're not great, you know. And, it, and as I'm getting older, one thing I am realizing as the aches and the pains continue coming and the stress and the strains keeps coming, you know, and I've been going through this deal, went to the doctor a couple weeks ago and had this uh, thing done with the doctor and I'm still dealing with pain and you know, and as I get older, I'm just thinking, wow, God, this body is wearing out. And so if we're absolutely honest with ourselves, we're not great, especially as we get older. Body starts breaking down and things aren't going so good. If we're not careful, we become and start complaining and reminds me of an older couple. They, uh, they've been married almost 60 years, man. And, and they went to bed one night and, it, and the old lady, she's looking at her husband. And she's complaining about all her, our aches and pains and her bunions and her bursitis and her back aches and all that kind of stuff. And he looks at her and says, why are you complaining? He said, I feel like a brand new baby. She said, really? She said, yeah. Said, I ain't got no hair, ain't got no teeth. And I think I just wet the bed. <laughs> Perspective, right? Right? Perspective. We can whine our way into everybody trying to get somebody to listen to us, but nobody wants to listen to us, do they? The truth is, none of us are really good. None of us are really great. But I'm going to break down today three steps that is simple, but yet can be totally profound in your life if you truly want to experience God's goodness and God's greatness. How many of you here truly want to experience God's goodness and God's greatness? Would you just raise your hand? I believe that or you wouldn't be here today. Thank you for being here. First and foremost, you got to give God, if you're going to surrender to him, you got to give God your body. I mean, give him who you are, your body. You got to give him your body. Romans 12 and 1, Paul says here, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. See, because God is good and God is great, uh, and because of everything that God has done for me and you, have you really realized in your life that you needed him? Now, hopefully you're here and you're already a Christian. You've been born again. You've received him as Lord and Savior, and you have your reservations in heaven. Well, see, when you realize that you needed him and you received that forgiveness, you received that grace, you received that undeserved mercy, you realize you needed Jesus. 
God has this good and pleasing and perfect plan for every life under the sound of my voice. And if you're watching online today, that is you too. I'm telling you, God has something amazing for you right now in your life. You guys let them know that God is good to them and God is great to them too. Give them some love. They're watching from all over the world. We're so, so thankful. Um, so with that being said, I want us to think, think about this. He wants the best for us. His son wants to give us brand new life. And it's possible we can live in this life that I'm talking about, but it boils down for you and me to be people that will be a holy and a living sacrifice. Look, it says, I plead with you to give your body. Say, give your bodies to God because all he has done for you. How many of you would agree with me that God has done more for you than you could ever repay him for? Raise your hand. That's all of us, man. Well, he's done way more for us. Let's give him praise. The blessings that he flows from his throne is absolutely incredible. So he's saying here about giving him our bodies because all he's done for us, what's he going to say? Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. In the scriptures, when you look in the Bible, there are two living and holy sacrifices that comes about. When you look at Genesis chapter 22, we see that of Isaac being put on an altar of sacrifice. And all of a sudden, his father's fixing to slay him. Then when God told him not to do it, then there's a ram caught in a thicket that became the sacrifice. However, Isaac did become a sacrifice. He became a holy and living living sacrifice. I want you to understand that, that when he come up off of that altar, he lived for the glory of God, holy and living sacrifice to bring God glory. He died to self and he did it willingly and gave himself to the will of God. We know another holy and living sacrifice in the New Testament. You know of it as Jesus Christ, Jesus, the Son of God, this perfect and holy sacrifice, and that he died for obedience to his Father's will, and he rose again. He died so that he could have the blood shed. He stretched his arms out on the cross and said, this is how much I love humanity. His last blood was shed so that, that we could have forgiveness of sin. Without the shedding of blood, it says in Hebrews chapter 9, there is no remission without the shedding of blood and he rose again. And after he rose again, Jesus today is in heaven and he is there for you and me being that living and holy sacrifice for every single one of us, bearing the very scars that he took of sacrifice for me and you. So today, what prevents Christians from giving their lives back as a holy and living sacrifice? One word for sure. Selfishness. Selfishness. This is the hardest thing that we deal with in the flesh. We deal with selfishness in our lives. We deal with all kinds of distractions coming at us. We deal with sinfulness and, we're, and hopefully you're trying your best to run from that sin and stay away from sin. Sin is missing the mark. But if, it's got to be like this last phrase says, the kind he will find acceptable. To be a holy and living sacrifice, the kind that God is going to find acceptable. I want to ask you this question. Are you giving God your body for his service as a living sacrifice? But with that being said, does God find what you're doing acceptable? Ask yourself that question. Well, you say, you don't understand, Pastor. You know, we've been busy and stuff, you know. When just come out of this COVID thing, everything's crazy. And, you know, 
Um, you know, we were serving here at the church, but, you know, we just kind of backed off right now. We're in a season right now. Uh, I understand there's been people that I have asked to step away from serving because of things going on in their life. But here's what I will tell you. I've seen well-intentioned Christians over two decades of ministry that would pull away from serving for a season. And the issue is the season becomes a lifestyle. And they become selfish and they don't mean to. It says, give your bodies. The verb in this right here in the original Greek language means that you give once and for all. That is a picture when it comes to a groom marrying his bride. Shannon and I, next month, September 16th, will be married 31 years. And I remember, praise God for that. Praise God for that. Any woman put up with me for 31 years, she's a good woman. And you make sure you tell her, okay? That's all I'm saying. But anyway, I remember at 630 in the evening on Saturday, September 16th in 1989, that we committed ourselves to one another once and for all. Not that we were perfect, but we were looking to serve and love each other. And that's what this means here. When you're going to give your bodies to God, you give your bodies to God once and for all. You don't pull it back and say, this is my season. No, no, no. That's not what God wants us to do in this. The fact is, is when we are given our opportunities to God, he uses us once and for all. And let me say this. I want you to think about your calendar right now. Think about your calendar, every one of you, whether it's iCal, hard copy, whatever. Look in your calendar in the last month. If you don't see an other-centered moment to where you've done something for somebody else besides yourself, I think you might need to do a checkup because you're not living in a holy sacrifice. It's about you, what you want, what you want to do, where you want to go. Think about that. Now, if you'd like to jump in and serve here, man, there is many, many, many opportunities to serve here on our campus and out in the community. And if you want to do something that will really make you feel so awesome is when you become and step into that realm of the living and holy sacrifice, God does something tremendously with that. Just take a card out of the back of the seat or sign up online there. Maybe you're just out today and write serve. Put a phone number. I promise you, we'll contact you. Just write serve. I want to serve. Serve. Whatever you want to do, God can do something. But it's about, I need to give God my body. But tell you another thing you got to do. You got to give God your mind. Because it is a true battlefield. Look what it says here in Romans chapter 12 in the first part of verse 2. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you what? Changing the way you what? Think. Okay. See, the fact is the world wants to control your mind, but God wants to transform your mind. He wants you to live as a holy sacrifice, and you're not going to be able to do that copying the behavior and customs of this world. God wants to transform your thought life. And see, many Christians, they live with their old mindset after they're converted. They live with the old mind after they come to Christ and, and the old ways of thinking is limited. In turn, it ends up limiting God, what God can do in and through your life and for the world around you in your life. God's not limited, God's unlimited, but you end up limiting God because you're thinking in the old ways. You got to think in the new ways and transformation, changing the way you think. 
Would you look at this root of this written in Greek right here and this, it means renovation. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you here have ever renovated anything at all? Renovated something, whatever. Well, why did you go and pursue renovating something? Because you were looking for an outcome which was a transformation from what the previous was. You continue with God every day, taking God's information. You're making an application which ultimately will bring transformation. And then you're able to walk closely with God when you have transformation. The word transformation here in the root meaning means from the Greek word metamorpho, which means metamorphosis, which it means like a worm that crawls into a cocoon. The worm dies. Then what comes to life? A beautiful butterfly floating and delicate and beauty for the world to be able to see. And you, this happens, this metamorphosis, by changing the way you think. If you don't renovate your thinking life, God cannot come in communion with you. God cannot live with you. God's not going to be with you because God's not going to live in a polluted mind that's full of all kinds of sin and everything that's apart from God. Your thought life must be positive, not negative. God is light and there is no darkness in him. There's nothing negative in God. So when God wants you to commune with him, he's communing with you and he wants you to know that he is a positive, loving God. And he has something great for you. And understand that, that you renovate your mind and to renovate your mind, then you think positive with the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask this question. How many of you here are around people who are negative? Raise your hand. Some of you are sitting beside them probably. So, and as I say, don't look at them and don't gouge them. You have your own sins, but you can blink at me. Let me know you're dealing with it right now, you know. But anyway, I mean, you get around negative people, man. I'll tell you what, there's not enough Tylenol in a cabinet. So they give you a headache. All they do is talk about this and that and how bad everything is and how bad life is and how bad the kids is and how bad the bills are and how bad work is and how bad the person is at work. It goes on and on and on and on and on and nothing's going to get better. God is not going to deal with a person and be with a person and transform a person until you make a decision to be transformed by changing the way you think. You've got to die out to the negative. You've got to die out to the sin. You've got to die out to what you think and get into what God thinks before you'll ever be transformed. It's not going to happen. God wants to do something amazing, but it's up to you to allow him to change the way that you think. See, we're all, all of us at times, and I, me too, I'm, I'm preaching to me. I got it for you, did. We're all guilty of stinking thinking at times. And you need to think, well, why is that? We copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. We have to stop. Look at the person next to you and say, stop it. Now look back at them and say, you too, dude, or do that. Don't be a copycat. How many of you here hate it when somebody copied off you in school? Raise your hand. Yeah. How many of you like me? I'm the one doing the copying. <laughs> Raise your hand. Raise your hand and confess before God Almighty. Yeah. Yeah, I was the one doing the copying. <laughs> okay, I, I said it, Lord. Okay. How we think affects how we live and how we live is from our preconceived thoughts. Before I started living for Jesus, my thoughts were dictated by 
my actions, which copied the behavior and the customs of this world. After I gave my life to Jesus Christ, my thoughts were dictated by the actions of being a living and holy sacrifice that God finds acceptable. Now, what was the change agent in that process? It was the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. The Holy Spirit renews you, the Holy Spirit re-educates you, and the Holy Spirit redirects you in your life. There are believers today, a lot of times, they will not tell you after conversion that there might be some tough times, that there might be some pain, there might be some conflict, there might be some chaos in your life. But here's what I want you to know. To be able to get to the gain in this life, living for God, you've got to go through some pain. It's just going to happen like that. But here's what happens so many times. It is change, then it's pain, then it's gain. And a lot of people come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. They get the change and they start the change, but the change begins to ensue pain. So they push back and they never really get what the gain is about for the glory of Almighty God. To to get to the gain, we got to go through that. When you're searching for success, gain will come. After you go through the change, the pain, you get the gain. But there's a battle that ensues between your ears in the mind. Satan is an enemy who hates you. He hates me. He does not want you to be successful in God. He does not want you to have the things of God because he can't have the things of God. He hates you with a passion. And I can tell you, he tries to play head games with you. It's like the old song by Foreigner. Head games, remember that song? For those of you that, how many of you remember the song, Head Games by Foreigner? Yes, 80s rockers. Anyway. See if you recognize any of these things that Satan tries to tell you in your mind. Well, you're no good. (laughs) You can't do it. Oh, you've tried and you failed before. What's your wife going to think about you trying to do this? What's your husband going to think? What's your parents going to think about what you're trying to do in this? You can't lead your family spiritually. Who do you think you are? You're ugly. You're not going to make it. You're a failure. I could go on and on and on. How many of you know that the enemy will speak to your mind like that? That's what he does. You have got to guide your thoughts with the help of the Holy Spirit of God. And you've got to move out of that negative state to the positive state with the Holy Spirit leading you. And then you've got to readjust and fix your mind with the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I love this verse. One of my favorite verses. Maybe if you've been going through that negative thing and you've had things between your ears that you didn't need to think about, maybe you need to make this verse, Philippians 4, 8, your life verse. It says, and now dear brothers and sisters, Paul says one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and love lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You've got to examine what you're putting in or what you're allowing to come into your mind. And you've got to feed your mind with scripture. You've got to feed your mind with the goodness of God because all of God's word is goodness and it's positive what he wants to have for you. And we will see greatness come in our lives. We will see goodness come in our lives. We've just simply got to apply God's word and live it out with everything that God has put in us. And when you're living consistent for God and you're getting that positive scriptural application in your life, there will be transformation. Metamorphosis will take place. And when you give your mind to God, he fills your mind with the right thoughts through his word and through his spirit. And then you can move into the terms of thinking about miracles. You know why people don't discover and be able to experience miracles because few people get to where I'm telling you that you can live at as a Christian. 
They go through the, the change and they bump up against the pain and they push back. They push back. They push back. But see, when you go through the change and you begin to experience the pain and you push through the pain, the gain, then you can begin to experience miracles in your life like never before. I'll never forget when we first started this church. And I've told those of you that's heard me say this story, and I don't have time to go into the details, but we found this land, which is 15, between 15, 16 acres. And we did a building campaign to purchase the land, and it was going to be a half million dollars for this land. And Shannon and I were raising three little girls and on one income in mine, and it wasn't much. So I knew in order to be able to challenge the flocks, be the leader, speed of the team. If you're a leader, you know what I'm talking about. We gave the first $5,000 to go toward this land. Money that we didn't have to give like that. But we knew we couldn't outgive God. And we knew if we did that, we were going to set an example because leadership is by example especially when it comes to spiritual leadership so since then in stepping out in faith Shannon and I have witnessed God do so many miracles in our personal family with our kids with our church family and if you don't believe in miracles you have forgotten who you are because every one of you are a miracle Every one of you are a miracle because God made you in his likeness and in his image. So when you give God your mind, he can fill your mind with success and you can have the mind of Christ for victory and you can be able to live victorious in him. But the problem is a lot of people, they live victim Christians, not victorious Christians. They live the victim's life, blaming everybody, making excuses and explanations for where they're at in life. And God never fails. So if it is God's thoughts that you're receiving in your life, understand that you can always be successful, but you will also be tested in the process. God is going to test you to see if you can handle that, which he is giving you in your life. And, and you, but you've got to get in your mind. There's no more stinking thinking. I'm not going to copy the behaviors and customs of this world. I'm not going to do that. But because I've become a Christian, when I do this, doesn't mean it's stinking thinking and ungodly thoughts. Sometimes they try to creep back in. Do you follow what I'm saying? And you've got to be there to be able to derail that thing. How many of you here have been listening to K-Love? How many of you listen to K-Love on the radio? Yes, you can be listening to K-Love, man, going down the road, man, and listening to all these wonderful songs. And then somebody cuts you off in traffic. And next thing you know, you go from praising Jesus to flipping somebody off. Don't act like I don't know what I'm talking about. Let me tell you something. I throw a finger at every one of them that cuts me off. You know what I do? I throw a finger at them like this. Because this and under here, the middle one, it's been redeemed by the blood of Jesus right here. I hold it. With my thumb, see, that's what I do. But you know, when I throw a finger at them, Lord, I don't know what's going on in that person's life. But they didn't try to cut me off and almost kill me and kill them too because they wanted to. Something's going on in their life. They may have just found out that they got a parent, just found out the diagnosis is terminal cancer, give them six months to live. They may have had a son or a daughter in an accident just trying to get to them. Maybe they had somebody in the car just trying to get them to the emergency room. We're always quick, aren't we? Always quick to be able to jump and let the flesh take over the mind and fill the mind. Your mind's got to be filled by the Holy Spirit or you'll be living in disobedience your whole life. 
Your heart's got to be full of the Word of God or you're going to be living in trying to copy the behavior and customs of this world. You'll have ungodly thoughts, but you've just got to tell God, God, I am done with copying this world. I'm giving you, God, my body. God, I'm giving you my mind. No more God doing the things that I don't need to do. No more saying the things I don't need to say. No more exploding with anger. No more kind of having this trash talk that I talk. No more being ugly to my spouse. No more going out here and sleeping around. No more doing whatever I want to, but I'm going to decide through the power of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God, I'm not going to live that way anymore. My body's going to be a living and holy sacrifice for the glory of Almighty God, and I don't care what happens. I'm with you, God. I'm giving you my body, God. I'm giving you my mind, God, and it's going to be a tenual life where I apply God's Word in my life, and I'm giving Him full authority through my body and through my mind, and it will bring transformation for me to be able to bring Him glory. So much transformation, it will blow your ever-loving mind of what God wants to do because God's plan will always be bigger than your plan. God's dreaming bigger dreams than you'll ever be able to dream for yourself and understand we're not going to look like the world. We're not going to act like the world. We're not going to smell like the world. We're going to be different than the world and that's what Christians do and stand for the glory of God and be an example. What if we did, think about this church, what if we did what God's Word says consistently and receive it all? Imagine the marriages that would be transformed. Imagine the love and respect that would transform you and your relationships. Imagine there wouldn't be any more divorces because they'd be loving and serving one another like Christ served the church and gave his life for it. When it comes to sexuality, we wouldn't look at it. He said sex, and we would know it's a beautiful thing that God created, and we do it God's way, and it would be a safe environment for our family and our children. Then we'd see the fall of sex trafficking. We'd see the fall of pornography. We'd see the fall of people splitting apart because the devil walked in between them. I'm telling you, church, our finances would be so much better. We'd be good stewards, giving God his first and saving and then living on the rest and bringing it to the house of the Lord those so that together we would be able to see God change the world that needs Jesus. Listen, folks, I'm telling you, if I asked you, if I asked you today, what's one thing, at least one thing, What would be that one thing you'd like to change about yourself for God's glory? See, Jesus wants to give us all an amazing life. And that comes from giving him our bodies, giving him our minds, applying God's word to our lives on a consistent daily basis and our lives living under his authority even when we don't feel like it. The facts in God's word are always greater than the feelings in my life. That's just the way it is. Continual application over a long period of time will completely transform your life by giving God your body, by giving God your mind, but also you got to give God your will. See, that's something God gives each of us. It's called free will. God's not going to make you serve him. God's not going to make you love him. God's not going to make you dive into his word. He's not going to make you come to church. He's not going to make you bring tithes and offerings. He's not going to make you serve him. He's not going to make you do anything because he gave you free will to do what you want to, when you want to, how you want to, and who you want to with. It's your choice. It says here in the last part of verse 2 in Romans 12, then you will learn to know God's will for you 
which is good and pleasing and perfect. See, your mind controls your body, but your will controls your mind. You follow me on this? Many people think that they can control their will by willpower, but you're going to fail. It's just a matter of time. God gave us this free will, but giving our will to God is a choice that you and I can make. And it's only when you give your will totally and completely, 100% to God, that his power comes in and he gives us the power to transform you and I to be able to live that victorious Christian life that I believe everyone here would love to live but it takes giving him your body, giving him your mind, and giving him your will. See, after information and application, a lot of times people will ask me, say, Pastor, how do I know God's will? And as, we're, as we wrap this up, I want you to think about this. When you're, you're taking the information of God's Word and you're applying it to your life, then you still wonder, what is God's will, Pastor? I don't really. It's a continual applying God's Word to your life. You allow Him to change your life in His time by giving Him your body, your mind, and your will. You do that over a period of time. And we do what God says, and we will know what God's will is. Let me say it one more time. We do what God says, then we will know what God's will is for our lives. He'll transform us. My life took a different route than I ever thought it would. Shannon and I, after we got married, we started going to her church and raising our three girls and life was good. I had a great job, you know, and, um, and I kept chasing the heart of God. You know, I, I wanted to do what he wanted me to do. I kept doing every opportunity that I got in his church. I was jumping on that opportunity to be able to do whatever God led me to do. I played Jesus in a play one time and I'd go on Thursday night visitation when we used to do that. And you know, I, I taught Sunday school for the adults for seven years and just all this different stuff. Well, then God, as I told you previously in this series, that God called me to preach the gospel. But I told God, I said, God, I'll preach, but I'm not pastoring. It was very uncomfortable to know that you really want to do what God wants you to do, but you don't want to pastor because sheep bite I'd seen pastor after pastor get bit. I didn't want to do that. I said, my gift is evangelism. God, even that card's made up, it said evangelist. If you need me to preach, I'll come in and preach, then you straighten out the mess. I argued with God. And at times I just wanted to give up and quit. Because God was telling me, no, you're not just going to preach. You're not just going to pastor. But you're going to start the church that I want you to pastor. And I look back all these years. And the 
change and the pain, push through it, got to see the gain. The change, pain, and got to see the gain. And I thought, you're the reason that God wanted me to pastor and start a church. And I'm so thankful for that. Wouldn't change it for a thing. I want to ask you to do me a huge favor. If God, has, if God has changed your life since you've been a part of this family, whether you gave your life here or you came back to him, would you give God glory and just stand where you're at? of you can stand up if you want to but God has gotten me where I needed to go and I know the same God I love and I serve will get you where you need to go to and when you give him your body you give him your mind and you give him your will it changes everything it changes your relationships. It changes your marriage. It changes your finances. It changes everything. It breaks addition, uh, addictions. It opens doors of opportunity. It gives you that future unlike you could ever imagine. When you apply the information, you make that application in, in this word, and it brings transformation. I love Ephesians 3 and 20. It says, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. And God, I just thank you for speaking to us, God, today. Thank you for the authority of your word, the authority in our lives. Oh, God, I pray today, God, that you would change us. That you would change us. You would change us. God, may we give you our body. God, may we give you our very minds. May we give you our will, God. May we, Lord, see the transformation come about. May we see the change, God. And when the pain comes, God, give us the power of your spirit, God, to push through to see the gain on the other side. As we continue praying, I want to ask you a question. If you don't mind just lifting your hand toward God, because God is touching you in your life. Is there an area in your life that you need to change? If it is, would you just lift your hand real high and say, there's an area in my life that I know that God is touching me and I know I need to change it. God bless you for your honesty. Can we pray right here, right now and get serious with God, just as serious as you can, and say, God, I've admitted it to you, God. I give you this fallacy, I give you this sin, or I give you this problem, or I give you this addiction. Whatever it may be, say, God, change me, God. I ask for forgiveness. Tell him that for what I've done wrong, God. What continues to haunt me, God. Take away the anger, God. 
take away, God, my disrespect, God. Find me faithful, oh God. Deliver me, God, in the name of Jesus. As we continue praying, I believe in a crowd of people this size that somebody here needs to give your heart to Jesus. And there's probably people here, you've had him knock on your heart many, many times. Beyond once, it's his grace and mercy to your life, undeserved in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And I want to ask you, for all that God has done for you, why would you hold back on giving him your entire being? And if that's you today and he's convicting your heart of your sin, the things you've done wrong, it's because he loves you and he wants you to experience being born again and have salvation. So if that's you today, would you be honest enough and reach toward heaven and say, I know God's convicted me. I need to be saved. I need to give my life to him. Just lift your hand real high. Christians be praying. Just lift your hand real high, real high where I can see your hand. I just want to pray for you. Lift it real high. Praise his name, praise his name. Anyone else, just lift your hand real high and say, I know I need to give my life to Jesus. Let's pray together. Those of you online, you're there. I can't, uh, can't see you with my vision, but I believe you're there. Just pray to him and say, Lord God, just tell him, say, God, I'm sorry. I don't wanna do it my way any longer. Ask him, say, Lord, I wanna ask you in my heart, if you believe he died for you, tell him, say, Lord, I believe you are a true man. Walk this earth, you died for me. You shed your blood for me. You rose for me. Ask him, say, Lord, I've asked you to forgive me of everything I've ever done wrong. Save me, my life is yours. I wanna be born again. If you truly paid that and you're at home or you're in this auditorium, if you feel that conviction leave and the peace of Almighty God come into your heart that words can't explain, thank him for that salvation. That's why you're here today, friend. Not just because you came with somebody, but you're here because God wants to know you and now he's in your heart. Father, we love you and we praise you and we thank you, God for the moving power of your spirit. Thank you, God, for the transformation of all these wonderful people. Find us faithful in this lifelong process because it changes everything. Use us for your glory in a world, God. We might feel like the minority at times, God, but with you, we're the majority. And we give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, and everybody shouts, amen. amen. Let's give him praise, church, all right? Hello, Pastor Jim here. I just wanted to come on and thank you for listening and help answer the question, what next? If you gave your life to Jesus today, we would love to take that journey with you. Simply text the word SAVED to 615-900-2176. And make sure to follow us through the week on our social media accounts at Freedom Church TN. We love you. Have a blessed week.